Today's guest, Brigadier General Harold W. Nelson, former Chief of Military History for the U.S. Army, into the Civil War time machine on Civil War Talk Radio. Have you let your website go stale? Wish you didn't have to wait for your web developer to return your call when you want to update content? You don't have to. Now you can easily and instantly manage your own website content using affordable Avalar technology. Avalar is a website development and hosting company that provides turnkey internet solutions for companies like yours that need to stay focused on core business. Avalar gives you the power to control your website and make updates and additions in real time without having to learn HTML or other complicated programming tools. Websites powered by Avalar feature capabilities that attract more customers and enhance relationships with existing customers. Avalar offers a multitude of leading-edge solutions, including lead generation and referral tracking, shopping carts and payment processing, membership management, and search engine optimization, to name a few. Take advantage of the full power of the Internet using Avalar technology at www.avalar.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R.com. So, you're trying to lose those jiggles? I know one thing that can block your progress. Fat buildup in the liver. How do I know? I am a liver. It's my job to regulate fat metabolism because I am a major fat-burning organ in the body. But with all that fat in your diet, I can become clogged. Too much fat clogging and I can lose my fat-burning abilities. Sometimes I even store fat when I should be burning it. That's why Livertropics was developed as an all-natural lipotropic formula that assists me in burning fat. Check it out for yourself in the dictionary. Lipotropic is defined as a substance that reduces excessive fat from the liver. Livertropics is the lipotropic formula made for me, the liver. Once you begin taking Livertropics, it'll rev up my fat-burning engine, increasing fat metabolism. Livertropics will assist me in burning fat and help you shed those extra pounds. And it's a 100% soy-based all-natural lipotropic formula. So help unclog me, the liver, with Livertropics. Go to naturalfatburning.com to experience Livertropics for yourself. Help your liver burn fat faster at naturalfatburning.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Talking today with Hal Nelson, former chief of military history for the U.S. Army. During the break, I don't know if uh, the commercials that I hear as we record this are the same that are put into the archived version. Uh, listeners, maybe you heard something different. But I was hearing ones about uh, losing weight through some liver control product uh, for the first time. And uh, I would just like to point out to our listeners that uh, Civil War Talk Radio does actually apparently make commercials available if you have a Civil War-related product. Uh, send us an email and we'll work something out. But in the meantime, the commercial slots are filled by uh, by things I have no knowledge or control over, and I'm fascinated to hear them. Perhaps they're aware that most of us uh, who enjoy reading about the Civil War are in our mid-40s or later, uh, uh, little overweight, bearded white males, uh, so maybe the liver weight loss is just what we need. I don't know. Anyway, uh, back to our conversation today. In our last segment, we were talking about the idea of touring battlefields. Uh, Hal, you, you, as we pointed out, wrote the, the wonderful 
uh, war college guides to the battlefield at Gettysburg, uh, at Antietam, at uh, Chancellorsville, Fredericksburg, and so on. And I raised the posi- I raised the point that some people think using battlefield tours for uh, civilian business leaders as a way of teaching them to be better business leaders is is not appropriate somehow. And I thought you made a very articulate defense of that. Uh, and I'd just like to throw in another two cents worth uh, on the subject before we move on again, which is that there's a, there are a lot of ways to look at the Civil War, to look at the past, that people from the outside might regard as, as frivolous or inappropriate. Uh, the, certainly those who, who reenact, who uh, put on the uniforms of the 1860s and uh, reenact the battles could be accused of, of uh, playing soldier. Uh, those who uh, literally play with soldiers, with toy soldiers, and reenact the battles on a tabletop could be accused of the same thing. Those who play computer games of the battles. Uh, and even those who read, uh, what are we doing if not vicariously experiencing uh, that era uh, through the printed page? So I'm, I'm not... Uh, uh, I would say I share your view that, that there's nothing inherently wrong in taking uh, a group of business leaders out to a battlefield uh, to discuss leadership lessons, especially because, as you, you pointed out, after two or three days of this, they may have come out thinking, oh, what's this junket all about? But they come back, uh, many of them, touched by what they've learned. Well, and in addition, uh, we give them suggested readings in the course of getting them ready, uh, they may read only a tiny bit, but I might encounter one of those people a year or two later, and they have become people who read about uh, military history in general, the Civil War in particular, not necessarily battle history, but maybe uh, biographies of uh, key Civil War leaders. And they probably, uh, if they've done that, then they've probably found an excuse or a reason to bring family members to a battlefield. And at Gettysburg, they then hire the licensed guide and uh, have a wonderful experience that's very mainstream and usually acceptable to the critics who can't quite see why they would have come there in the first place as a business leader. So uh, the other part of it is that what we do with our staff rides is not that uh, strange or foreign. And uh, we don't make people read lots of uh, business books before they come to uh, Gettysburg. We just encourage them to read some military history. Now, they may have uh, back in their off-site facility at Gettysburg or somewhere, they may have a seminar on some business book. But uh, I've never known that to be a feature that's uh, carried out onto the battlefield. There's a great deal of respect uh, uh, for the soldier, uh, and uh, I would also add that if you line them up in column of twos and make them form line from column, uh, it's an unforgettable experience for people who have uh, never uh, acted or enacted in a battle environment. So uh, it's not that much different than uh, any other uh, tour of a battlefield. No, or for that matter, uh, a class, uh, a classroom experience. I, I do the same in terms of lining up the students right. in a column of twos or uh, teaching right. wheel left, and, and it uh, it opens their eyes. Yeah, it's hard. It's harder than you'd think it is. 
Last year I had a student who uh, raised his hand and said, well, he was a, a former captain in a horse cavalry unit, a ceremonial unit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was able to tell me and the rest of the class things about cavalry drill that I didn't know. Right. Uh, and horse behavior. And I, I thought that was fascinating that uh, sometimes you're teaching someone and you end up learning more than... Uh, than right. And you see, uh, when we're out on a battlefield, if there is a a reenactment uh, group or a reenactment instruction site, uh, we'd almost always go out of our way physically and with our timetable in order to get a little opportunity to learn from those people because uh, any of the uh, interpretive historian, reenactor, whatever term you like best, who is allowed to uh, apply his hobby on a... Civil War battlefield has been checked out by the state or national park service that runs the battlefield, and they're very good teachers. They know a lot of things that people who haven't soldiered in the 19th century uh, and don't engage in that uh, passion uh, cannot share in the same way that they can share it. Now, a question I like to ask people on the show is, is this uh, is this idea of time travel. If you had the opportunity to go back to the Civil War era for one hour uh, and uh, talk with anyone you wanted to for that time and then be transported safely back to the present, uh, who would you most want to visit with? Oh, I would very much want to visit with Ulysses Grant. I think he's fascinating. Um, He was so underappreciated before the war began and uh, had few champions in the early part of the war, and yet uh, transcended that underdog status, if you will, and I think was a, a superb leader with America's army, with the kind of soldiers and with the kind of uh, democracy he was called upon to uh, defend. So I'd I'd like to find uh, I'd like to find Grant. And I don't know which hour I would pick. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting question in itself. That is. Uh, we wouldn't want to disrupt time too much. So I I suppose it probably would be, uh, as we are trying to cross over the James and uh, telling him he really ought to get out on the other side of the bridge and push a little harder down there, there might be some big payoffs. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so you could go back and contribute your own knowledge. That's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's one of the old time travel questions. So, yeah, now what are you going to do? You're back there. Yeah, how much? Uh, you don't have any right to change things. But at any rate, uh, for me, it's Grant. I find Sherman very attractive, too. Of course, I've been living with Sherman a lot while we've been cleaning up this uh, Atlanta book. And uh, a remarkable man. Uh, but not as, uh, you know, he just doesn't have the, the poise, uh, the steadiness of uh, Grant. And I think uh, I might worry that I'd catch Sherman at the wrong hour. I suppose you could uh, be a fly on the wall when Grant and Sherman meet after the first night at Shiloh. Uh, yeah. That, that's, uh, that's always stuck Yeah, that's, that's a great one. And then when they meet as Grant is becoming, you know, they and they confer as Grant is becoming the commanding general on the railroad trip, you know, I wouldn't mind going along on that train trip. Okay. You know, to see them interact first, as you say, in a time of real crisis, 
But then in the second, when they stand on the threshold of uh, decisive strategic victory, in either moment, I think uh, being a fly on the wall would be uh, a remarkable learning experience. Now, you made an interesting point about Grant being the right leader for the kind of army that he, he led. And the Civil War was, of course, a war of volunteers. Yes. Uh, the draft was eventually instituted on both sides. But, right, basically, but it's you know, basically still one in which uh, these are uh, citizen soldiers. Now, in, in contrast, you served during the draftee era, the 1960s, and uh, on into the all-volunteer army. Right. And uh, how, how, given that you've seen those two different sides of the coin, how, how does that make you reflect on what the Civil War army looked like? Well, I think it probably did look a lot more like the good uh, draftee army uh, before things got very shaky uh, in, in the Vietnam era. Uh, I believe that the uh, some of the officers may have been as uh, as shaky as some of the officers uh, as we got well into the Vietnam War, but uh, I don't think they had the discipline and uh, authority problems that... Uh, some had in the late 60s. So I would compare the the Union Army uh, very much to uh, the drafty army, say, of 63, 64, when I was commissioned, where, where most soldiers uh, gave the officer the benefit of a doubt, and if he could prove that he was technically and tactically qualified and reasonably uh, thoughtful about their well-being, uh, the officer then established and maintained authority, and where the non-commissioned officers uh, truly understood the needs of the soldier and the needs of the unit and were great first-line supervisors. I think probably the difference would be in that latter category. I don't think the Union armies uh, really had had enough time uh, to develop the non-commissioned officer corps in a way that I benefited from as a junior officer in the 60s. But that would be the big difference, the big weakness of those uh, Civil War armies, the lack of uh, highly qualified non-commissioned officers. So in a technical sense, they didn't know what they were doing. One thing that always struck me about the Civil War armies was how, uh, how widely they were drawn from all ranks of society. Uh, yes. Uh, certainly in, in the Union side, and even to a large extent on the Confederate side, excluding the, the enslaved population. Yes. But among all the free people on both sides, you had a wide participation at every level. Indeed. And, and that uh, certainly contrasts with... Uh, with today, but it doesn't contrast with that drafty army of the early, early 60s, you see, because uh, uh, lots of kids went to ROTC, and the Harvard graduate, just like the technical school graduate, uh, went to ROTC and came in the army because it was uh, it was a it was a thing to do, and you did avoid the draft by serving, if you will. Mm -hmm. So it was a great uh, melting pot that old army, uh, and it's not that at all anymore, of course. No, but, uh, we've made a social choice. And it's a good social choice that matches the needs of our time. We're not criticizing that, but you you ask a very good question. Well, it, it, when you raise the point about Grant knowing his army, it, it strikes me there are many different ways to raise an army, and, and having leadership that's appropriate is is critical. That's the, right. Uh, the, unfortunately, I hear the theme music once again all too soon, <laughs> which suggests we're at the end of our time. But Hal, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. 
And you, Jerry. I hope we can walk the battlefield at Gettysburg or uh, Antietam or somewhere in the near future. I'd like to do that again. I would, too. And uh, listeners, if you haven't gotten a copy of the U.S. Army War College Guide series to Gettysburg, to Antietam, uh, to some of the Western battles, uh, you're missing a rare opportunity. Even if you can't get to the battlefield, the guides are, are well worth the price, and I recommend them to you all. So, Hal, thanks again, and listeners, thank you for listening to Civil War Talk Radio.